Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Another episode of Sports Ethos Bulls coverage here with your host Keith Cork, and I am joined here by my good buddy and co-host here Trey Hill. After a Bulls victory that saw Demar Derozan take a probably ill-advised one-footed three-pointer uh, for the victory, uh, cutting it a little close there, Trey. Uh, don't know uh, how you felt about that last shot, but uh, I was kind of screaming at him with like five seconds to go, going. Dude, go to the basket. What are you doing, right? <laughs> yeah, I was really confused. I got the ball back, it seemed like, with about nine seconds left, I think, was whenever DeRozan really got the ball and was kind of settled in the half court. And like you said, it was a running one-footed three-pointer to beat the buzzer. When when DeMar has the ball with nine seconds left and he gets the chance to actually you know, run an action or two even – you don't expect that to be the shot. So it was very much um, a no, 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 yes situation for me <laughs> because I was just, I was so frustrated that that was the shot he got because he's so, you know, throughout the game, he it seemed like he was consistently getting the looks he wanted. And apparently that was the look he wanted to finish the game off because it, it went right through. He did look super confident taking it, but I guess he did tell Adam, I mean, um, some, I was at chat with a, a friend or two, uh, on Facebook Messenger, and they said, hey, you know what, actually, uh, he told Adam, I mean, that uh, he didn't know how much time was on the clock, which is a big oops, uh, which it did seem that way, because it seemed like he was dribbling, like, sizing his guy up with, like, like I said, like, five seconds left, and I'm like, dude, you're, like, near half court, drive the basketball, get to your spot, but anyways, before we get started here, guys, uh, we're going to jump into this, the Bulls take down the uh, Pacers 108-106 on that final jumper, but before we get started, listeners, please take a moment to follow at Ethos fantasy bk on twitter the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth get all your nba news in one handy handy twitter feed it's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too again that's at ethos fantasy bk on twitter go follow now uh with the 108 106 victory the bulls are now sitting in first place happy new year to all you bulls fans you have a first place team in the city of chicago uh that's incredible man i never would have thought that would that would happen no, if you you mentioned before the show came on to try and think up three or four New Year's resolutions, you know, for you know, it is that time of year. And I was trying to think up some of them. And in my head, I just kept coming back to it's really hard to come up with things because this team, even if they didn't win today, like they've, they've just been so successful. But with this win, being able to say they're the first place team going into 2022, it's just we, I feel like we were higher than almost everyone on the Bulls coming into the season, and it's still even better than what we expected. 
Yeah, I just I, I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams. I mean, obviously, um, it's been a weird season. You know, as I was saying in the last episode with Tony uh, Gill, who is uh, I was awesome to have him on. I, I really enjoyed. It. I know you did too, Trey. Um, hopefully, he comes on again. And I, I think he had a good time. So, uh, hopefully, we'll have Tony again. Hopefully, get KC Johnson on again, who uh, actually ended up calling some of the game tonight. Uh, we can talk about, talk about that for a little bit, but uh, but no, I you know I, I never never ever imagined that they'd be in first. Um, you know the Bucks obviously have struggled a bit coming out of the gate. I think they'll again be fine uh, and catch up to us. The Heat have had just injuries and in, in, in COVID. Uh, you know, outside of that though, I mean, you know, it, the Bulls are sitting about. You know, they're playing about where we thought they would. It's just a couple teams are, are struggling more than we thought they would. I think coming out of the gate. Uh, but yeah, that was interesting. Speaking of COVID protocols, uh, Adam Amin had a. I guess inconclusive test or something. Uh, so Casey Johnson had to step in and do the play-by-play for the first quarter uh, and a little bit, maybe a few minutes of the second quarter also. And then Adam, I mean, you know, miraculously returned. Uh, and I know, uh, you know, you might not have had the, the volume on there, Trey, but uh, he did a pretty good job. He uh, he did decently. Uh, he did also uh, say multiple times, well, not say, but in his the way his voice was like, sounding it seemed like he didn't want to be there because that's not that's not what he's used to we know casey he's kind of a uh, button up deliver the story kind of guy uh but it was kind of interesting to see him doing the play-by-play <laughs> he, he probably would have been much more comfortable had he known going into it what that he was going to be doing it but if he if he got caught off guard i can definitely see where casey would be the type to uh bristle a little maybe <laughs> but I, you're right. I didn't have the audio up. I'm I'm at home. I'm back home in Illinois visiting yeah. family, and my family is very much a football family. So they've got they had Cincinnati and Alabama on the big TV with the volume uh, up, and I I had the game on the laptop watching along, but I didn't I didn't get to listen. Yeah, no, he did a great job though. So great job, Casey. If you uh, somehow listen to our show, I hope you do. But uh, yeah, he did a fantastic job uh, filling in for Adam, and and it was good to have Adam back though because Adam really does call a great game. Uh, but yeah, uh, so that, outside of that final shot, I mean, there's a couple observations, you know, obviously from this game. Uh, I, I actually kind of, I, even though we didn't have necessarily a great first half, and this is a, you know, a theme, the Bulls have always had, um, you know, kind of a, a lackluster effort in midday games. I feel like that's just always been a theme with midday games with the Bulls. I did, they're just always a disappointment. But I actually like the the energy for this game, even like from the jump. Like even though we didn't have a great shooting first half um, and it was still kind of close, I mean, they didn't shoot it well either. It was kind of like a, a, a boring game to watch in general. But the Bulls, I thought, brought brought effort and they brought energy. Did you see the same thing? Yeah, I did. Uh, up until it seemed like the last six minutes of the fourth quarter until like the last two. But that, that six minute to two minute stretch, it really seemed like the Pacers were getting after it a lot more than the Bulls. And that's kind of what let them get that lead there at the end. But I jumped in at the start of the second quarter and it, it just it seemed like they were they were in a little bit of a funk. They they would be, go up by six, but they were having they were having issues closing the door. And I know the Pacers have been a a much better team when you look at like the advanced stuff, like the net rating and things like that. They've been a better team than their record indicates. And I think you, you kind of saw that with the guys they had. I know they were missing Brogdon, but they had a lot of their guys and that they did a really good job. I think of making the bulls uncomfortable, but the bulls did Like you mentioned, the bulls did a really good job of, even though they were a little uncomfortable, you know, you saw Zach struggle and even though they were un- uncomfortable, they came through, they, they battled through it and they, even though they gave up the lead there at the end, you never felt like the Bulls were out of it. 
our top two uh, offensive dogs, you mentioned it a little bit there, but, you know, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, they really, really struggled um, from the field. At one point, I had marked down that they were, uh, let's see, they were 7 for 22. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. They were 8 for 26 combined at one point. Uh, let's see, they ended up. Zach didn't plus. make a three. He was he, 0 he of 3. three. Yeah. DeMar um, had the Kobe, the Kobe tribute game, 8 of 24 from the field. <laughs> they ended up 15 of, uh, let's see, third, can I do math here on, on air? It's, 41. Uh, 41, yeah. <laughs> so 15 of 41 from the field, um, which is uh, uh, roughly 30, oh, 36, yeah, 36%, 37%, somewhere, you know, halfway in between there. So they did not shoot the ball particularly well. So I can't give enough. I mean, I got to give Vucevic his flowers, even though he only shot six or 16. Uh, he did grab 16 rebounds, uh, dished out four assists, hit a couple of big threes. Uh, and then obviously, you know, the big guy is Kobe White. And so I got a couple of questions about Kobe White, but give me your thoughts on Kobe White this game. I think it, what I've, I've been praising Kobe White for the last few games. Now I've been trying to make it a point to, to give him a shout out. And he just seems to be finding his, finding his place on this team. Um, so much of this team is new. And, of course, it was going to be Zach and DeMar were going to be the first two guys that kind of got to figure it out. They they got first dibs. And then Vucevic. And now Vucevic has figured it out. I know Kobe's just now getting into, you know, the rotation between being hurt and COVID. But to me, it just – when you watched him play, it everything just looked comfortable for him, whether it was passing out of the pick and roll, um, ro- you know, rotating – around the three-point line so that way he was making himself available when the the Pacers defense was doubling or digging hard off of him to help. He's just it, it just seems like he knows where to be on the court and he it's second nature for him. He's not out there thinking about what he needs to do. He's just mm-hmm. reacting. And these are the big games, you know, um I've been I said with Tony when Tony came on, you know, this is the guy that we need to get, you know, 20 from just in a game like this where we just we needed it. Obviously, we won by two points without Kobe having just a stellar game. He shot seven for 11 for the field, six of seven from beyond the arc, four or five from the free throw line. Um, you know, just shot the ball extremely well from from all areas. Um, and without him doing that, you know, the Bulls don't win this game. There's They probably lose by like 10 points, right? I mean, it's just not a game where they win. But the one thing I am impressed about, and you did mention it also, Trey, I have to give you your, your credit here. Um, defensively, I was watching him defensively because you've been talking about it. And um, you're right, his defensive, you know, activity – uh, is just miles better than it was last season. Uh, and, you know, he's not getting the same kind of opportunity. He's not on the floor as much anymore um, when, when Lonzo Ball's healthy, when Alex Crusoe's healthy. So um, it's been something where, you know, I haven't necessarily had to watch him on defense and, and pay attention to it. But now that he's getting uh, what he played tonight, 33 minutes, 33 and a half minutes, um, he's getting around that without these, with all these guys out. You know, I did see him fighting over the screens. And, of course, he, you know, three big steals. I mean, and, and he had a big block, too. Um, and these were like, you know, down the stretch, I think it was, uh, around four forty left in the game. Yeah. Four forty-five left in the game. He had a huge strip on, I think it was a Levert drive or, or something like that. Um, that just saved a basket. And, you know, these are the plays, these are winning plays and it's Kobe white making them. And, um, so my, my first question to you, Trey is, does this change the narrative for the, for Bulls fans? Are Bulls fans suddenly going to change their tune of trade him, trade him, trade him, trade him now that he's got finally got trade value. Uh, I feel like that question's better served for you because uh, <laughs> you were you were more more excited to put him on the trade block than I was. So after seeing him these last few games, remembering that he's only 21 years old, 
are you a little more hesitant after seeing kind of what what he's evolving into potentially? I think um, you know I think he does do what the Bulls need for that second unit, especially um, if it were something again. And, and I've said this before, and I'll, I'll stick to my guns. If it is something where we're getting like a Jeremy Grant quality player back in a in a deal, um, I don't mind it. It's it's something I feel like um, you know and this is something we'll talk about in the next uh, segment. We're gonna. I agree with that. If you if you can yeah. have Kobe White be the main piece you give up in a Jeremy Grant trade, I I yeah. feel like you have to pull the trigger on that. Right. So it depends on what you know. Obviously, you have to evaluate and just take everything as it comes. And if you get a trade you know like that happening or, or the framework of a trade like that, then uh, you know it's something that I'm sure AK is evaluating as it comes. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean I, I am happy with what. It, Kobe's been doing the last few games, not even just this game. He had 12 assists in, in the last one, too. Um, you know, he, he we didn't re- recap that one because I was traveling. But, uh, you know, he's just been playing. He's been playing very well recently. And, you know, I think if anything, uh, it's it, it's only a good thing. If Kobe plays well, it's only a good thing for the Bulls because, A, he can, you can keep him, obviously, and he brings what, what we need for that second unit in terms of scoring. Or, B, he's raising his trade value so that we can, can get something back, uh, you know, in terms of like a, a, a stretch four or a four that can play some defense. So, um, but yeah, you're, I know you're not big on trading him, but what, any other um, observations here you have from the Bulls game? I know you got to watch it a little bit closer than I did. Uh, I see Io played 22 minutes. He went three of four from the free throw line. So I know he got fouled on two field goal attempts, but he was only one oh of one from the field. Uh, did you notice uh, were the Pacers just kind of making it a point that they were they weren't going to let Io kind of you know run rampant on him kind of because he has kind of elevated his game I would say over the last ten or so so teams have probably taken notice and started to game plan accordingly so do you think it's because the Pacers game plan for him do you think it's just because the Pacers played good defense or was this just a one off weird game for Io? No, I mean, you know, it, it's pretty easy. Yeah, I, I didn't really notice him a ton. He did good things on the field, like on the on the court. So when he did something well, you know, I did notice him, and I said, oh, there's that guy again. But it was it, he was pretty quiet. I mean, there was really nothing the Pacers did specifically to keep him from scoring anything like that. Um, it was more so like he was finding um, – I know he had a couple of good assists to Derek Jones Jr., who was working the baseline. I mean, the way that the – Pacers were just playing defense. I think it was just what was open was was the guys that were like running the baseline was wasn't necessarily Io a lot of times. It was usually Derek Jones Jr. Uh, or Matt Thomas was having a lot of open open shots too. So I think Matt Thomas might have taken some shots from Tyler Cook got in there uh, and had some shots. So I just think it was a matter of you know what was open and he was making the right basketball play. He 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 had positive minutes, um, but not necessarily something that shows up in the box score. I think that that's kind of what I settled on whenever I asked the question. It seemed like he had the ball in his hands a lot. And the Pacers, you saw it with Zach, you saw it with DeMar. If you had the ball in your hands, the Pacers were making it a point to make make things hard on you, and they were going to force the other the other teammates to beat them. And fortunately, the, the rest of them came through. Like you said, Derek Jones Jr. had a couple great cuts and was able to finish. I love that one alley-oop. And anytime you get something positive out of Matt Thomas, that's a win. For me, because uh, I have a buddy who's a Raptors fan, and he sent me uh, when we signed Matt Thomas. He said, "Congrats on your human victory cigar." So he shouldn't <laughs> be playing twenty minutes in a close game, but the fact that we he was able to be a plus eight in those minutes was uh, pretty fantastic. 
Yeah, you know, he shot the ball well. Uh, he hit the first couple shots. I thought, oh, man, this might be a Matt Thomas game where he gets off for, you know, uh, 15 points or something like that. But uh, that didn't happen. He ended up three for seven, ended up with eight points, uh, two for five from beyond the arc. So he did his job. You know, he was knocking down shots, getting to the right areas. I like every shot they took was was an open shot. It wasn't he wasn't forcing anything um, specifically. And this is a good point. For, this is a good opportunity for me to bring up my guy that I always look at when the Pacers play against the Bulls, uh, Mr. Torrey Craig, uh, who again hounded DeMar DeRozan and just made his life a living hell. DeMar DeRozan ended up eight for 24 from the field, 24 shots. Oh my gosh. He only had eight of those. Um, and a big part of that was because, was because Torrey Craig was just, you know, hassling him. But when Torrey Craig was doing that, Matt Thomas was kind of the, the, um, you know, the lever. He was the the guy that was you know, being the lever for for Demar Derozan for when he got in trouble, uh, getting there, getting to a spot that he can you know hit a, hit a jump shot, uh, and that happened in the first quarter. So I noted that down. Um, but again, man, I, I was impressed with Torrey Craig and his activity, not just on on the defensive end, but on the boards and, and assists too. He ended up with um, eleven rebounds and five assists, which is uh, you know pretty and ten points. You know, you know he, he had a really good game uh, against this Bulls squad in about thirty two minutes. Yeah, he you you noticed when he was out there on the court and when he was out there, he was doing <laughs> yeah. things no matter no matter what, you know, where it was on the court. He was active. Sabonis seemed to do really well on the offensive boards. It seemed like he it seemed like he crashed them really well against us, which. It's always going to be a worry, um, especially when the team plays as small as they do besides Vooch. Uh, but you'll take the wins when you can get them. I think they were out rebounded. But yeah, out rebounded by 13. The Pacers out rebounded them by 13 and still couldn't get the victory. So tough yeah. win, good win, uh, great way to end the year. Sabonis so did it. Yeah, Sabonis so did end up with uh, five offensive rebounds, and the Pacers as a team had 17 to the Bulls just having eight. So they got a lot of second chance points, which really kept them in the game. Uh, that third quarter specifically, they came out just firing lights out from beyond the arc. I know um, Justin Holiday hit like three of them, and. Uh, Karis LeVert hit one. So, um, you know, a couple three balls in that third. They really closed the gap there. Uh, the Bulls had built like an eight or ten point lead. But like you said, every time the Bulls kind of did that, the Pacers would just come roaring back. So uh, it was a good a good and a close game. And uh, like you said, it's a good victory for the Bulls. Um, one more thing I wanted to point out before we move on here uh, is that I did go to the uh, Pacers game, the last one where Kobe started, and he went two for 10, and we lost by 32 points. So uh, thanks, Kobe White, if you're listening, which I'm sure you aren't. But if you do listen to our show, dude, you could have done this, uh, what, two or three months ago uh, and uh, and helped me out. But uh, no, it, it's all good, man. I'll take it now. Uh, I think, he, like you said, he's hitting his stride. So. Well, see, he wanted to ruin the fan experience at that game because it was a home game. And then he also wanted to ruin the fan experience here in Indiana. So what it is, is Kobe white just really likes making people have bad days. That's what you're saying. That is true. Um, any other big, let's see. Uh, they had about the same assists, steals. Um, Bulls had a few more steals. Blocks were, uh, pieces had a few more blocks that, that didn't really end up. Bulls had the, nine turnovers. The Bulls shot 20% better from three. Yeah, they shot forty four percent, whereas the Pacers shot twenty five, so nineteen. Yeah, Bulls had nine turnovers and the Pacers had seventeen, which is kind of interesting because when you're watching the game, it seemed like the Pacers were getting more points off of turnovers, and the Bulls, when they were playing sloppy, that's when the Pacers were making their runs coming back. But uh, realistically, the the, uh, the Pacers actually turned the ball over more than the Bulls, which is interesting to look at here in the box score. Um, 
but no, like I said, good game. We move on to the next one. Um, let's see, the Bulls' next few games here should be pretty easy, uh, and there should be some victories here. The Bulls are playing the Wizards tomorrow uh, at 6 p.m. Central, and then they are playing at home uh, against the Magic on the 3rd of January, so they've got a bit of a break here. Um, well, I guess one-day break, and then they've got a bit of a break in between the Magic, and then they have the Wizards again, but this time at home on the 7th of January. So those are the next three games. Uh, all pretty pretty winnable games, I would think, Trey, wouldn't you? Yeah, they all sound very winnable. Washington, I'm pretty sure, played today also, so they'll also be on the second day of a back-to-back, which is always helpful. Yeah, um, and I'm trying to look up um, if we're going to have back... Uh, oh, that's a lie. They must have played last night. Oh, they played last night. That's okay. I'm trying to look up if the Bulls will have back uh, Lonzo Ball. And let's see. It says he will clear quarantine on the 5th. So probably going to be out for the next few games, it looks like. Um, same thing for Tony Bradley. And same thing for Alfonso McKinney. Um, so they're going to be down a few more players again for the next one. Uh, Alex Crusoe's list is day-to-day with that foot injury. So I did know that he was um, he was working out before their last game against the Hawks. I did see some video of that, so I, I'm I'm hoping that he's closer to a return than anything else. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. is obviously back, so that's a, that's a big boon. So we're starting to get guys back. Um, I think we're hitting a pretty easy you know part of the schedule here. Uh, then the Bulls have Mavericks and the Nets and and the Warriors after that, so that's going to be a rougher stretch. But this next three games, I think they uh, they could easily go three and out. So it'll be a good start to the year, right? <laughs> Yes. All right. Um, so, yeah, I did ask you, Mr. Trey, to put together some New Year's resolutions for the Bulls. It's the 31st, obviously. Happy New Year to all our listeners and to you, Trey. Um, it's going to be a, a good a good next year, obviously. The Bulls are in first. But uh, New Year's resolutions, man, you said you had a few. Why don't you hit me with one, and then I'll, uh, I'll give you one of mine. Just getting the guys healthy. And getting some minutes together. That's my that's my first New Year's resolution. I just want to see these guys get to get some chemistry, maybe even just to get some practice time in. I know during the COVID outbreak, they weren't even able to practice. And while I know we watch the Bulls and it looks beautiful and they play, it seems like everything's clicking. Come playoff time, everything gets ramped up another level or two. And you really want to have that fine tuning. And so my first New Year's resolution was was really just getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, it'd be great to have, you know, a solid rotation that just plays all year. I'm sure every team pretty much in the NBA can see that at this point. Um, but no, that's a good one. I, you know, I think that's uh, that's important, especially um, with all three of the big guys playing together. Uh, you know, that hasn't happened in every single game. But, uh, you know, having having those guys just, just play together more, Vooch is starting to finally hit his stride. So I think getting more more reps with that and let me give you my first one this is i've got a couple here for the whole team and i've got a couple uh for the for individual players i'm actually i'm gonna start with an individual player one here um because i think uh i want to end with with a team one so anyways my first one here is i my first new year's resolution is for nikola vucevic mr nikola vucevic i need you to try to record a double double every game uh before this game today they were 12 and 3 every when he recorded a triple double or Triple double. Wow. Double double. Uh, today, obviously, he did the same thing. He recorded a double double. So they're 13 and three now. Uh, anytime Vucevic records a double double. I have a secondary New Year's resolution for Mr. Vucevic, too, and that's to shoot 45% or better from the field more often than not. Uh, and I know that's it sounds like you might be asking for much, but this is a career 49% shooter. 
And with all three of their big dogs in, uh, and that's going to be including today, I guess, they're nine and two now. They were nine and one, but, uh, or no, sorry, what am I talking about? Uh, they're nine and one. Uh, when Vucevic shoots 45% or better from the field, he did not shoot 45% or better from the field today. So I'm not going to count that one. So nine and one, anytime he shoots 45% or better from the field, uh, I see him to be efficient on offense. I think that's what I'm looking for here uh, more than anything, because, you know, he's getting, he's getting easy shots, probably the easiest shots in his entire career. Uh, in Orlando, he had to do everything himself. And he shot 49% from the field. I mean, basically that during that whole stretch in, in Orlando. So I don't think I'm asking for too much here. Uh, what do you think about that one, Trey? No, I think that's a good goal to have, especially considering he does he has so much less of a load on the offensive end, given what Zach and Demar are able to do. So I, I feel like those are both good goals to have and ways for the team to make sure they're successful. Yeah, I think uh, you know a double double. So gra- basically, I want him to grab rebounds and I want him to just shoot, get ten points efficiently. That that's like my dream for for Nikola Vucevic. So. Uh, what's your next New Year's resolution? Um, for Io to to shoot forty percent from three, he's at thirty nine percent now, so he, he's right there. And I just I have so much faith in him. I know it's kind of a high bar to ask. Forty percent is extremely high, but I think he gets really good quality looks, and I, I'm just hoping he can knock down those open shots. So I'm hoping he. I thought about leaving it at thirty nine, but what fun is that? So <laughs> my. I'm hoping he can bump that up one more percentage point and finish the year as a rookie who shoots 40% from three. That'd be huge. He's, he's not a guy that they really profiled as a, you know, range shooter that's going to come in and, and just drain threes left and right. So uh, that would be huge. I think that'd be really nice for him rookie season to do that. Uh, just a, a really attainable goal and something that would, um, you know, really look good on the resume. Uh, and it'd be good for fantasy owners, but hey guys, while we're talking about fantasy, we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night, score points when you when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. Uh, Io, uh, not necessarily on the standard league radar, guys, but uh, for deep leagues, I think you're you're sit golden if you have Io DeSumo on your team. He's producing uh, more than anyone would have imagined so far and having a pretty good season. So my next uh, New Year's resolution here, Trey, is for the whole team. And my New Year's resolution is that they're going to they have to go out and obtain a floor that can stretch the floor and defend to replace Patrick Williams. I know I've been on this. But I think that the Bulls just really owe it to their fans to give this their best shot. I mean, you know, talking to Tony in the last uh, episode really kind of gave me some perspective there to to really go out there and say, you know, uh, Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan, they're they're in their 30s. They're they're getting up there. I mean, you know, we're going to build this team on what we have already. Uh, we've only got a few year window here for this this squad in particular. So I think you don't have to give up too much to go get one of these guys. So I think the Bulls really need to go out there and get somebody that, you know, again, can start at that four spot. Uh, you know, things look good now, but when rotations shorten up, like you said, Trey, do we really want Javante Green out there running, you know, 25 to 30 minutes a game at the four spot? I mean, is that ideal to you? What do you think? No, and that was my last resolution I oh. had was <laughs> I to go out and try and find a four. Um, because I mean, 
I don't think Javante is going to be out there playing a lot of four. I think right now the start the the starting and closing lineup would be Ball, Caruso, Zach, Demar, and Vooch. But you you want to have a bigger four that you can throw out there when you say you have a guy like Cam Reddish who's going off on you like he went off on us the other night. Uh, you want to have somebody who's big enough that you can throw out there and at least bother him. And right now the Bulls don't have that. And I like you said, I feel like that's that's kind of like that maybe the not necessarily the last puzzle piece to be championship, like legit championship contenders in a lot of people's eyes. But I think that puts them in that Toronto Raptors sphere of fringe title contender, where if things break right, they might get lucky and find themselves in the finals or, you know, find themselves playing for a ring. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, I, you know, again, I just don't think that they are quite there yet. I think that they need another, uh, just a, a piece that makes a difference. I don't know, even what I'm asking for now for this New Year's resolution and the same thing you're asking for, I don't know if that's the piece that really does put us over the top. It depends who that name is and, and what they bring to the table, right? Um, I mean, if they were to go out there and get a guy like a, like an Aaron Gordon, I mean, he's making too much money. It won't be him, but something like that, where I think that's a really, really darn good guy to have as your fifth fifth best guy on, on your team in your starting lineup. Uh, something like that, I mean, that can really make a difference. That can really take you from – uh, eh, this team's okay to, you know, hey, this team actually could make some waves in the playoffs. Uh, it might even, you know, get to the finals, like you said, or, or win the whole darn thing, uh, which, you know, I hate to get my hopes up at this point. I'm still pretty skeptical about that. But, you know, Bulls are sitting in first. We're almost halfway through the season, right? <laughs> right. So. And you, uh, I, I, almost, I almost put uh, one of the resolutions being finishing as a top three seed. Uh, but man, if they could, if the Bulls could find a way to finish first at the end of the year and avoid the Nets and Bucks until the conference finals, that would be huge for this team. Yes, exactly. So uh, I think it's good. Uh, I think it's a good one. We'll throw that in there. So finishing the top three, I like it. Uh, so I've got a couple more here for you. First one's going to go towards Kobe White. Kobe White. My New Year's resolution for you is just to score the basketball, man. <laughs> score the basketball. Uh, they're five and zero. Five and zero when he shoots thirty three percent or better from the three point arc, uh, which happens to also be the five games where he's hit double digits. So uh, shoot the ball, shoot it from deep, shoot it well. Uh, actually, they're six and zero now um, because he shot thirty three percent or better from three point arc, obviously tonight. Uh, today and he scored the double digits also. So um, he's averaging 13.7 points per game and 35% from beyond the arc for his career. So I don't think asking him 33% or better and to score double digits per game is out of the question. Obviously he's had some increased opportunity in the past. So that really inflated his numbers, but I'm looking for this guy, man, if he's going to stay on the team and we're not going to find a, a trade partner to you know, give us what we really need to put us over the edge. Like I said, then um, he'll stick, and I'm, that's fine. He just needs to bring that to the table. He needs to score the basketball and score it, not even efficiently. 33, 33% from three-point arc isn't even efficient. He just needs to knock down, you know, the, the, the occasional jumper from beyond the arc. <laughs> so any thoughts on that one, Trey? Yeah, and the, these numbers don't include the six of seven. Six of seven he went from three tonight. Yeah. But he was before tonight he was shooting 27% from three. For his career, he's like a 36, 37% shooter. So that was always going to, re you know, that was always going to come back up. Obviously, this is going to bring it up pro probably close to 30%, if not even 31%. And you just want to see him continue to, to be confident for me. You want, I want, I want him to, I don't want him to hesitate when he gets the ball. I want him to be decisive like he has been these last few games. And, 
his playmaking has even stepped up a little bit with that decisiveness, running that pick and roll. And I think that, like I said on the defensive end, how he's he learned to get over fight over those screens. But I also think playing with Zach, playing with Caruso, I think that rubs off on other guys. And maybe this playmaking out of the pick and roll from Demar and Zach, if Kobe's been watching and been paying attention, maybe that's part of why he's been able to make better reads these last few games. He's looked a whole lot better, man. I, I hope it continues. I hope you're right. And, um, you know, again, like you said, he's young, 21. So hopefully he just puts it all together and, and ends up being even better than I imagined. So uh, always a possibility. My last one here, though, and I think this is something that's important. I want to end on this one and end the episode on this one. Uh, and this is something, you know, all Bulls fans and all the Bulls players and all the Bulls coaching staff should have this circled on their calendars. January 14th, beat the Golden State Warriors. That is my last New Year's resolution for this team. Uh, reason for that being, Trey, it's kind of like, you know, the Bulls started the season and then they uh, they won, you know, some games in a row and then they lost to the Knicks. And, and you know, everyone kind of took a step back and said, well, you know, maybe maybe this isn't real. Maybe, maybe they're just, you know, they're not really a contender. They're just really just ha- had a few good games. And, you know, this isn't necessarily real. Uh, the Bulls, uh, yeah, that was, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. That was our fifth game that they lost against the Knicks by one point. It was a good game. Uh, but, you know, it made people kind of question. And then, you know, the Bulls played the Warriors. And again, this is where they lost by 26. So it wasn't necessarily something where they even had it close. Uh, it was another instance where people were, again, you know, hey, are, the, are these Bulls, is this Bulls team real? So I think the Bulls need to beat a top tier team and, and they beat the Nets a few times but the, the both of those times to be honest are a bit fluky because the Nets were on back-to-backs uh, for both of those games so you know they had a little bit of an advantage against the Nets I'm not surprised that they won those games Golden State Warriors though uh on the 14th if they beat that team I think this really opens up some discussion about hey is this a title contender what do you think I think that's that's a good point for me they have a home and home there the 12th and the 14th against Brooklyn and Golden State for me, I hope they at least get one of them. I know, like you said, they've been, they've had success against Brooklyn, but I feel like even now the Brooklyn team's a little bit better than they were back then. They've kind of settled in. Harden seems to be playing a little bit better. Um, but it, will Clay be back for that Golden State game? Uh, I know they talked to him today. I know he said that um, it, it's really it's up. You know, it, they're working on it. He's he's on the verge basically. Um, once he does come back, I'm sure there'll be some kind of minutes restriction. I I'm of the mindset, right. and that it's it's I, huge either way. Yeah. I mean, it's huge either way. And I, I don't I I think I agree with you. It, it would be great at, for a statement win for the Bulls to beat Golden State with or without Clay. Even better with Clay. And that's going to be the back end of a back-to-back for the Warriors, too. They're playing the Bucks the night before in Milwaukee, and then they got to travel down uh, to the Bulls, which isn't too far away. But uh, that's the back end of a back-to-back for them. So, um, again, it's going to be something – it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, people just see the box score, and they just see the Bulls beat the Warriors, and that's when the conversation goes to, oh, my gosh, they beat the Warriors. Can they do that in the playoffs or whatever? So I just think that's important. I think the Bulls need to try to win that game. So that's my net last New Year's resolution here. For uh, for what twenty twenty two, what year are we going into? I don't even know yeah, the year anymore. Twenty twenty two. There we go. I got it. Uh, so that's my last one. Any anything else? Any other thoughts before we close this one out here, Trey? No, it um, it's been a great year to be a Bulls fan. To see, uh, I know AK came in last year and we saw what he was able to do with Vooch and that he was going to try and start building a winner kind of 
for the now because of Vooch's age. But to see it all come together, it's just been such a fantastic year. It's so nice to root for this team. And I, I hope the success continues into 2022. Yeah, man, same. I, I echo those thoughts. Uh, before we go, though, guys, quickly before we sign off, I want to also remind you all to use coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code hoopball on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. That's hoopball, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, as promo codes for both of those sites. But that's going to do it for us, guys. We are going to come back and recap the next uh, Bulls win, I'm sure, uh, when it happens. But uh, that's it. That's our last show for 2021. I'm Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. And Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter at FinalFinally. And follow our show at EthosBulls on Twitter. That's it. Go DeMar DeRozan, go Bulls. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.